Hello and welcome to Max Politics. This is Ben Max. Thanks for tuning in. We're speaking here on Tuesday, October 10th, 2023. And we have a special edition of the podcast for you today, a candidate debate. I'll soon be joined by the Democratic and Republican nominees for New York City Council in the new 47th Council District in Brooklyn. This is the most watched city council race among many on the ballot this year, in large part because it's the only one where two sitting city council members are running against each other. It's the result of shifts in the redistricting process that unfolded leading up to this election. The candidates are Democrat Justin Brannon, who represents the current 43rd council district, and Republican Ari Kagan, who represents the current 47th council district. The newly drawn 47th district is in effect for this fall's election and then for governance starting in January, just like all the other redistricted lines across the 51 city council districts in New York City. The full city council is up for election again this year, among other races and questions on the ballot this fall. Now, fewer than 10 city council races are expected to be competitive in the general election headlined by this one. But you never know, especially since turnout is expected to be quite low. So don't be a contributor to that. Get ready to vote and be sure to cast a ballot this fall. More on how to do that in a minute. For those unfamiliar, city council members represent their local districts and constituents in city government. They provide constituent services. They write and sponsor bills that they hope will be law and they vote for or against legislation when it comes up for a vote in the council, first in committee, then for the full council. They also negotiate the city budget uh, with the mayor and vote to pass it each June. They also provide oversight of city government and the mayoral administration, as well as other governmental entities like the MTA, including through formal oversight hearings at the city council. I say the city council districts are all new because, as required, after the 2020 U.S. Census, all of the city's 51 council districts were redrawn to reflect demographic shifts, including population growth and a number of other factors based on city, state, and federal regulations. One of the results was a new 47th council district in southern Brooklyn that included the electoral bases of two sitting city council members, thus setting council members Kagan and Brannon up for a collision course in this year's election. That happened with a twist, though, and in the general election instead of the primary, because Councilmember Kagan was himself a Democrat until redistricting unfolded. Late last year, he switched party affiliation to Republican. He won that party's primary earlier this year and is now the GOP and Conservative Party nominee for this seat. It spans areas of the city that have remained fairly purple, meaning somewhat balanced in votes for Democrats and Republicans across various elections at the city and state levels. Parts of southern Brooklyn have recently been trending more Republican, including in recent years elections for city council and state assembly, as well as strong showings for Republicans in recent mayoral and gubernatorial races, even though the Democrats prevailed in those. For his part, Councilmember Brandon has won election in his current district in 2017 and 2021 by outrunning the top of the ticket where Democrats Uh, mayoral nominees in those two years, Bill de Blasio, then Eric Adams, have fared worse. This new 47th City Council District is mainly made up of Bay Ridge and Coney Island with Bath Beach, a small section of Diker Heights, and a couple of other portions of neighborhoods. There is a lot of Brooklyn coastline in this district in southern Brooklyn. The new district is home to roughly 173,000 people about 140,000 of whom are voting age. Of the total population, according to census numbers analyzed by the Redistricting in You project at the CUNY Graduate Center, about 49% of this current district is white, 20% Asian, 19% Hispanic, and 9% black. As of 2021, there were about 96,000 registered voters in this new district's boundaries, about 53,000 of them enrolled in the Democratic Party, about 55% of the registered voters at the time. There are about 17,000 registered Republicans, or about 17% of the voters, and about 23,000 registered voters unaffiliated with a party, but registered 
registered to vote. And that's about 24% of the voters in the district. These are areas, I'll note, where registered Democrats do often vote for Republicans. In this district's boundaries, again, according to the redistricting and new analysis from the CUNY Graduate Center, Republican nominee Curtis Lewa very narrowly outran Democrat Eric Adams in the 2021 mayoral race. Sliwa received just over 12,170 votes in the contours of this new 47th city council district, while Adams received almost 12,050 votes. So it was a difference of just about 126 votes where Sliwa outran Adams. As you can tell, this election could go either way, and that's part of why I wanted to bring you this debate. So that's enough background on the district and the candidates. There is less than a month until Election Day, which is Tuesday, November 7th, 2023. Along with voting in person on Election Day, you can vote in person during the eight-day early voting period of Saturday, October 28th through Sunday, November 5th. And you can vote absentee by mail, but you must first fill out the application to request a ballot. If you're not registered to vote yet, the deadline to register for this fall's elections is October 28th. To see your poll sites for early voting and election day, which can be different, as well as a chance to view your sample ballot, go to the New York City Board of Elections special website, findmypollsite.vote.nyc. Okay, let's get to our debate here today in the newly drawn 47th City Council District in Southern Brooklyn, mostly made up of Bay Ridge and Coney Island with parts of a couple of other neighborhoods as well. Joining me now are Republican nominee Ari Kagan and Democratic nominee Justin Brannon, both sitting city council members, as I said. Hello, and thank you both for being here. Thanks for having us, Ben. Hey, how are you? Good morning, good morning. All right, we're going to move into two-minute opening statements in just one second. Very briefly, for you and for listeners, we're going to have a somewhat free-flowing debate here for the next 40 minutes or so. You'll have opportunity to respond to each other, but please don't interrupt your opponent or me and try to be both substantive and specific as you talk about issues of importance to voters, the district you hope to represent, and New York City at large. We're going to try to get to a lot in our time together. So please keep your answers succinct when possible. And don't be alarmed if I interrupt you because of time. And don't be surprised if I ask you a quick follow-up about an example of something that you were discussing or for a bit of clarity on something you were saying, but it's not an opening for another two minutes of discussion, just a quick clarifying question or follow-up. All right, let's get to our conversation. Councilmember Brannon, two minutes for your opening statement to voters. Please go ahead. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having us. Uh, Appreciate you giving us this opportunity. Uh, I'm Councilman Justin Brannon. I was first elected in 2018. Uh, I'm now uh, chair of the council's finance committee. And, um, you know, this has really become my dream job. Uh, I never cared about politics growing up, uh, but I fell in love with local politics because I just love helping people. I love people coming into my office uh, with a problem, no problem too big or too small. And you do your best to to undo their knot and you send them on their way. And, and in the end, you make them a believer in our system. And I've always believed that government first and foremost should be a tool to advance equity, but it can't advance equity if it's not working. Um, so that's why it's important to sweat the small stuff. If I can't, you know, if the, if the city government can't get your garbage picked up on time, then how are you going to talk about doing universal health care? It's the same government. Um, in, in the years I've been elected, I've brought back over $250 million to my district. Uh, we're building six new public schools to help reduce classroom overcrowding. Uh, I brought a express ferry to Bay Ridge that will get you to Manhattan in 20 minutes. Um, and we're renovating. One of the things I'm really super proud of is we're renovating just about all of our parks and playgrounds, about $70 million invested in our parks and playgrounds. And these are the same parks and playgrounds I grew up playing in. Um, so being able to renovate the, these public spaces that haven't seen any love in decades is, is very important to me. Uh, we also brought a new uh, full-service emergency department, Maimonides Health, to Bay Ridge, in an area where uh, we haven't had 
uh, a hospital in a very long time. And also leading the charge on 86th Street, trying to bring back 86th Street strong. It's our main commercial corridor here uh, and supporting small businesses. As a former small business owner, I certainly know it's a labor of love doing my best to cut back on some of the city's greedy fees um, and help cut red tape so they can uh, they can open and they can thrive. And I'm excited that we're uh, cutting some coming ribbons on so many new businesses and appreciate being here. Thanks, Ben. Thank you. Thanks. Councilmember Kagan, two minutes for your opening statement. Go ahead. Thank you, Ben. I came to America with my family 30 years ago. I did not speak a word of English. I did not have any money, only hopes and dreams. And now, 30 years later, I'm living my American dream. I'm New York City Councilman. I was elected uh, uh, and I'm on a job for about 22 months. I'm very proud to represent beautiful communities of Southern Brooklyn. In the last 22 months, I brought a lot of funding to my district. I represent 47th district, which includes Coney Island, uh, Seagate, uh, parts of Best Beach, Gravesend, Vorbas Houses, and Beach Heaven. Uh, I secured $8 million for Marlboro Community Center renovations and repairs, uh, millions of dollars for two fire stations in my district, one on Coney Island and one on Gravesend, because safety and security of my constituents is my highest priority. Uh, I also secured funding for safety and security upgrades in my district. Uh, my office has a very diverse multilingual staff that helped to resolve thousands and thousands of individual complaints from uh, constituents in my district and resolved many neighborhood problems. As I mentioned, my priority has been uh, public safety and also quality of life. Um, in the last uh, 22 months, uh, we helped to install a stop sign on West 37th Street and Surf Avenue that community asked for for 16 years. Uh, we put a shuttle bus when F train line uh, was uh, under the repairs and renovations by MTA. And I'm delighted to work for our constituents. I love to help people. This is my life mission. I helped people in Southern Brooklyn even before being collected during the Superstorm Sandy and during the pandemic. And I'm really hoping that uh, people in Southern Brooklyn will give me a chance to represent them for the next two years. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, let's stick with the same order. We'll mix it up uh, a little bit in a little bit. But um, you both did a really good job there of talking about some of the very specific things you uh, have done for your current districts and, and ways you've brought back some funding or addressed some specific community needs. If you'd each take another minute and talk a little bit about uh, legislation you've passed at the city council or worked on, uh, perhaps oversight hearings that you've led in that part of the job as a city council member. Say a little bit more that goes outside of what you said in your uh, opening statements about the work you've done and any accomplishments you've um, had at the city council in other ways. Uh, Councilmember Brandon, starting off with you, another minute, talk a little bit about legislation that you've either passed or worked on or oversight that you've done in your role as a city council member at the council. Go ahead. Sure. So um, I've passed 80 bills in this session um, as chair of the Finance Committee, obviously have oversight over the country's largest municipal budget. Some of the legislative wins, though, I'm most proud of um, are uh, increased funding and legislation around expanding uh, arts education in our public schools. Um, we also passed the first ever, well, not first ever, but first property tax rebate in 15 years um, in the last budget. Uh, we also are working on uh, cracking down on catalytic converter thefts by uh, cracking down on the stores that that resell these stolen catalytic converters. Um, I passed um, first in the nation legislation on a universal eye care program that would give uh, free eye exams and eyeglasses to low income uh, New Yorkers. Um, and also the uh, expanded the New York City human rights law to include domestic uh, include economic um, abuse in the definition of domestic violence, uh, which was something that advocates have been fighting for for a long time. And I Thank think you. also uh, salary transparency is important to me as well in the legislation. Thank I passed. you. Councilmember Kagan on the legislative side, the oversight side of the job. Uh, go ahead. 
Thank you very much. Uh, last year, I was a chair of the Waterfronts and Resiliency Committee, and I hosted public hearings inviting uh, commissioners of various city agencies about uh, conditions of Coney Island boardwalk and attracted attentions of city and federal agencies about deplorable conditions of Coney Island boardwalk and uh, pushed through uh, to the finish line the all allocation of $115 million that my predecessor started and the Federal Corps of Engineers and Parks Department committed to continue this important work to restore our famous Coney Island boardwalk. Also, I hosted public hearings in City Hall regarding uh, preparedness of New York City agencies for storms and hurricanes. And as we saw just uh, a few weeks ago, it was very important public hearing. Unfortunately, after I was forced to resign from that committee after switching to Republican Party, this committee was completely dissolved. And it looks like these issues and concerns of waterfronts communities uh, were not uh, addressed uh, by the current leadership of city council. It's also Thank important you. that very Thank often you. I voted no on many bills that I, uh, and resolutions and uh, budget issues that I completely disagreed with. Uh, progressive majority of New York City Council. I think okay. it's a, I think it's a, I think it's important to note. I've passed eighty bills. Ari has introed two bills. Okay, so let's. Um, uh, well, Council Mayor Kagan, do you want to respond to that? That yes, point? I would like to respond. So first of all, uh, again, my opponent is a chair of the uh, finance committee, and uh, of course, he has uh, more power inside City Council. But very often, the bills and proposals that he is pushing are totally counterproductive and sometimes even uh, damaging to constituents. Pro property so, tax rebate is kind of Hold on, Councilmember Brandon, hold on, hold on, please. Councilmember Kagan, do you want to give uh, give one example that you think uh, is particularly telling of legislation you, that Councilmember Brandon has directly sponsored that you think has been uh, problematic? Yes, yes. He's very proud uh, uh, to vote for uh, and to support um, the, the specific uh, allocation of $37 million for a civilian committee to uh, review cases of inmates in Rikers Island and to expedite the release of thousands of inmates from Rikers Island. So it would be possible to close it quickly and to open four borough-based jails that uh, their capacity is significantly lower than the capacity of Rikers Island. And in order to close it more quickly, he not just voted to create the civilian committee, but even to allocate $37 million for this process. That will okay, let's let Councilmember Brandon talk about from Rikers Island to the streets. Yeah, my, let's let Councilmember Brandon respond to that. Twice against it. Yeah, so, Ben, it's, it doesn't surprise me that Ari would be upset about that. I know um, him and the Common Sense Caucus went to Rikers and gave it five stars on Yelp. They think it's great. think it should remain open. Not, don't change anything. It's fantastic. Uh, I don't believe that. Um, but, I mean, it's interesting that my colleague here who represents Coney Island and talks about Hurricane Sandy um, voted, as soon as he became a Republican, voted against two pieces of climate change legislation. It uh, doesn't really make much sense to me, but, you know, that's that's not my problem. Councilmember Kagan, I wanted to come back since you brought it up. Uh, I was going to ask you a little bit later in the in the debate, but you brought it up. Um, will you explain to voters and, and to any other listeners here uh, the rationale behind your switch from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party that occurred last year? The timing obviously coincided with the redistricting process. So it obviously appeared to, to many to be about sort of political expediency, a chance to run in this in this race in the general election as opposed to the primary election and uh, appeal to more moderate and conservative voters that way to try to stay in office. But explain a little bit the background of that party switch uh, that you made last year. Thank you, Ben, for this opportunity. Uh, living in a predominantly democratic city and in a predominantly democratic district, I would say it would be politically expedient much easier, much, much easier to stay in a democratic party and to pretend nothing is going on and that I agree with everything and to say that uh, status quo is acceptable and to pretend nothing nothing happening and uh, just to, to be friends with all democratic leaders and 
democratic elected officials that are much more than Republican elected officials and Republicans not in power in New York City or in New York State. So it will be much easier to stay a Democrat. But I couldn't stay any, any longer because I completely disagree with uh, several uh, policies of Democratic Party, in particular when it comes to public safety. I have a 19 years old daughter, and every time she leaves my house, I'm concerned, I'm nervous. I'm calling her several times, texting her, are you okay? Are you safe? Everything is okay. I want her to come back home safely. And I believe many families feel this way because uh, because of the policies of Democratic Party in the last uh, few years and uh, and in, uh, last year and this year these policies can some of these policies are continued uh, when criminals have a free pass that they can re can be released uh, next morning they can be released as I just gave example of my opponent uh, to, safely to the street in thousands when we can say that ah it's not a big deal uh, everything is okay when police is a villain. And when criminals give, uh, given on a free pass, when they commit these crimes, I felt very unsafe myself, and I couldn't stay in a party that doesn't give a, uh, doesn't care, doesn't give a damn about public safety. And second issue is the quality of life. Every single time constituents complain, people complain in New York City, it's not a priority. You would not believe it, but recently I participated in a forum sponsored by AARP and, and uh, Brooklyn Paper, and I almost forced moderators to talk even to talk about public safety about migrant crisis because uh, my opponent did not want to talk about these two important issues and he believes everything is okay so, if you feel that status quo is acceptable then please vote for my opponent but if you feel that we need radical changes please uh, vote him out on november 7. Councilmember Kagan, how does switching, as you noted, uh, in part uh, when you switched parties, the city council removed you from chairing a committee. That committee was then combined with the Environmental Protection Committee. Um, but as you say, there was no longer the standalone committee on the waterfronts and resiliency. Um, how does that switch being removed from the chairing the committee uh, other ways in which as a part as part of the smaller Republican minority in the council? How does that switch midterm benefit your current constituents? Is there is there any way that that has been beneficial to them or would it not have been beneficial to your current constituents to stay in the Democratic Party to try to have more influence over the budget process and legislation as part of the majority? Uh, thank you for this question. I would like to point out uh, that uh, after I was forced from being chair of the very important committees that cares a lot about waterfront communities, and I hosted a lot of important hearings that a lot of uh, media outlets and my colleagues in city council praised me for uh, doing my work. This committee was completely dissolved. It was dormant for several months, and then it was completely dissolved. No public hearings about issues I mentioned already. Uh, like waterfront communities don't matter anymore. That's the hypocrisy of my uh, uh, democratic colleagues, including my opponent, that saying it's so important for them that I voted against a resolution asking President Biden to listen to committee about council uh, that was created another task force, etc. It was task force about committee about council and another task force. So it, it was not landmark legislation. It was absolutely totally ridiculous resolution in my personal humble opinion. But okay. coming back to- uh, very, very briefly, please. Uh, yeah. I've worked Go for ahead. my constituents as a, as a Democrat very, very hard, and I work as a Republican uh, for my constituents every single day. And I work with Democrats and Republicans. Very soon, uh, in, in a matter of days, we will vote in New York City Council about really landmark uh, legislation that I proposed last year and it finally finally looks like it's going to be having light of the day called NYCHA accountability act about making NYCHA property managers responsible if they ignore tenants complaints for, for a long time i hear these complaints Thank every you. day in my office from NYCHA tenants and finally let, we'll pass a let me let me come back to thank partisan, you let me come back to Councilmember Brandon. NYCHA Accountability Act. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Council, you can go ahead and respond, but I want, but I want to yeah. also ask you because I want to move into a little bit more on on um, a couple of topics that were raised. But go, you can go ahead and respond. But also then, uh, and I can remind you, uh, I do want to go into these issues of public safety and quality of life in the district. These are obviously issues that both of you uh, know are on the tops of minds of many voters.
Sure. Uh, and I want to ask you to talk a little bit about what you're currently doing and will do on both these fronts. Now, just very briefly, quality of life can obviously mean many things to many people. So as as each of you would like to sort of define that, you can combine it with public safety or you can uh, you know take it separately. Obviously, quality of life can mean how people uh, are able to get around and commute or, or, you know, drop their kids at school, or it can be about the quality of the schools or a whole uh, many other things, but it can also be about street cleanliness and a lot of things that fall under that umbrella. So go ahead and respond to what Councilmember Kagan said, Councilmember Brandon, and then let's also talk about solutions on public safety and quality of life issues. Go ahead. Sure. Thanks. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there from what Ari w- was talking about. Um, a bunch of things. I think the whole, you know, I didn't lead the Democratic Party, Democratic Party left me. That's a very cute bumper sticker. Uh, but the fact is, Ari became a Republican because he knew he didn't have a shot at beating me as a Democrat. Um, he was a Democrat just a couple of months ago, Democrat his entire life. I don't know why Ari voted against the budget. Um, I voted the same way as the GOP leader um, in the council on the budget. All the other Republicans voted in favor of the budget. The only other people who voted against the budget were um, the the super progressive members and the DSA members. And the fact is, Ari voted with the members of the DSA uh, against the budget. So I don't understand what that's about. I think it's pretty clear. Uh, Ari Kagan is just desperate to remain an elected official, and that's fine if that's your life's dream. Um, But he's run five different times in five different districts. Um, So it's hard to really understand what his goal is here other than just remaining an elected official. And, you know, you could you could talk about those climate change resos like they weren't important, uh, but the rest of the council voted for them. And and if the waterfront communities are so important, then then why vote against funding for more lifeguards in Coney Island? I mean, the facts are the facts, right? I'm not making this up. If, if you look at who voted yes and who voted no, Ari voted no on this stuff. Ari, Ari right, voted we're we're going to no. come back to Councilmember Kagan on that in a minute. But Councilmember Brandon, you want to shift a little bit more? into um, the questions on public safety and quality of life in another minute. Right. I agree with you, Ben. Public safety means a lot of things to a lot of people. I think first and foremost, and I've been very, very outspoken on this. I've got no problem with standing up to members of my own party when they're wrong. And I think um, there are some Democrats who have a problem with denying people's reality. And if, if someone comes to you, your job as an elected official is not to deny uh, if someone comes to you and tells you they're they're experiencing something, your job is not to deny and tell them they're not experiencing that. You need to take them seriously and you need to work with them to make them feel safe. And no one, no victim of a crime, no witness to a crime wants to hear about statistics and data. If you're a victim or a witness to a crime, you don't want to hear about how crime is at record lows and all this, all this nonsense. While it may be true. It doesn't matter because people don't feel safe and people need to feel safe. But feeling safe means different things to different people. And I think obviously you have to talk about the police department because a lot of people do feel safe when they see the police, but we can't more cops our way out of every problem. And I think my my colleague thinks that we're just going to hire 100,000 more cops and all our problems are going to go away. And you have to talk about this holistically because you also have to be, in addition to making sure the cops have the, the, the tools they need and the resources they need to do their jobs and to catch bad guys, you also have to be investing in and doubling down on the programs that prevent crime in the first place and attack the root causes of crime, which is everything from investing in education and access to transportation and access to health care to making sure the streets are clean and making sure your parks Thank and you. playgrounds are funded. All of these things, to me, are a quality of life and public safety. Thank you. Councilmember Kagan, coming back to you on two things. One, do you want to uh, explain to voters and listeners your uh, no vote on the budget? As Councilmember Brandon did say, you were the lone Republican in the council to vote against it. So if you want to explain a little bit why you voted against the budget for the current fiscal year, this was a vote at the very end of this past June for the current fiscal year, which runs July 1st uh, to next June 30th. Um, if you want to explain a little bit your no vote on the budget, and then if you want to move into your solutions on uh, public safety and quality of life uh, for the constituents you hope to represent, and some of them obviously are current constituents as well. Go Thank ahead. you, Ben, for this opportunity. The holistic approach my opponent is talking about is uh, to, to vote to defund NYPD and to cut 
its budget by $1 billion and complain in social media that these cuts didn't go enough. The holistic approach of my opponent is to vote for diaphragm law that later was found unconstitutional by New York State Supreme Court because it restricted officers' ability to arrest criminals, even dangerous armed criminals, because you cannot touch this criminal uh, at, at the back, at the stomach, at some parts of the body. And uh, thanks God, this law was uh, uh, called by New York State Supreme Court unconstitutional. And talking about holistic approach, I did vote against the uh, budget for several reasons. Number one, uh, it included billions of dollars for migrant services while denying uh, money for municipal retirees, while not increasing police headcount, if we're talking about police. I was endorsed by four major police unions in this race. While my opponent did not get any police union endorsement, he can only dream about being endorsed by any law enforcement officers like police unions, because uh, everybody knows in the city how he voted time and time again against public safety and against our security. And also, I voted against the budget because uh, my opponent, who is the chair of the finance committee, together with speaker of New York City Council, made sure playing political games in my own district, in my 47th council district that I proudly represent. And uh, unlike last year, when I was able to receive uh, more than $15 million for various projects and initiatives in my district this year, because he played political games in the district he is running to represent, I was denied these millions of dollars uh, outside of $5 million for capital funding and $2 million. And can I respond here? Well, well, one I was second. not able to get any money from speaker because my opponent is a, a chair of the finance committee and he played political games. And uh, so my district and my communities were punished for me switching to Republican Party. And I also strongly disagree with uh, uh, some issues in the budget, like uh, allocations, money allocations to anti-NYPD groups, anti-Asian groups, like uh, he voted numerous okay. times for vocal thank, New York, thank you. and so on and so on. So it's different from my Republican colleagues oh. whose districts were not affected as my district. Council, Council Member Brandon, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I don't know about you, Ben. I didn't hear any solutions there. I just heard a bunch of complaining. Um, and look, Ari Kagan, I think, has one of the easiest jobs right now. All he has to do is point at stuff and say, that's a problem. I don't like it. Justin Brandon sucks. There's He has no solutions. I mean, Joe Borelli and Vicky Palladino voted for this budget. So is, is Ari saying that they These did the wrong other thing? Other Republicans in the budget? city council. Mm-hmm. All, right, all the Republicans voted for this budget except Ari. Well, Ari, I, I think Ari Ari Council, member, Council Member Kagan did explain that he thought the budget was was hurting his current constituents and, and that was part of the rationale for his uh, vote against it. Council Member Kagan, to the point of proposing solutions related to public safety and quality of life, can you quickly point to one or two things that you want to do moving forward on these issues? Absolutely. One of them is I allocated hundreds of thousands of dollars over two years period, less than two years, for security and safety upgrades in my district, uh, police patrol cars for uh, precincts in my district, security cameras, uh, money for uh, police precinct community councils. I hosted town halls in every neighborhood of my district. I'm not afraid, unlike my opponent, to talk to constituents in my district. When I hosted... Ari, Ari, you're a Hold on, hold on, please. Council member Brandon, I invited police commanders, uh, police representatives, and all city agencies. And uh, we talked about all issues, including public safety. And I closed very, worked very closely with police precincts in Southern Brooklyn. And of course, South Brooklyn Patrol and Police Plaza. But if Ari, look, Ari is a lawmaker just like me. If he takes public safety so seriously, like he says he does, Where's the legislation? Where are his ideas? Right, let's Where? let Councilmember Kagan respond to that, and then we're going to move on. Defund the police legislation. Yes, we know. Okay. Council, I did want to note just for listeners, um, and someone someone can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe that the ruling referred to Councilmember Kagan about the, uh, the so-called diaphragm bill, otherwise known as the chokehold ban law. I believe it was struck down initially on challenge, but then that was overruled and it did go go into effect. Um, Okay, let's move on a little bit here. You can obviously come back to public safety and quality of life issues as you answer further questions here. But I wanted to ask you actually to speak very directly to portions of this new district that you don't currently represent. So 
for Councilmember Kagan, I want you to speak directly to Bay Ridge voters in particular and explain what it is that you would want to do if elected to the seat to specifically address issues that you're aware of that are of utmost importance to Bay Ridge voters. And Councilmember Brandon, for you, about Coney Island. These are parts of the uh, opponents' di- current districts that are now in this new district. So, Councilmember uh, Kagan, if you can speak directly to Bay Ridge voters about why they should choose you to, to be their representative in the city council in, instead of Councilmember Brandon, specific to issues that you are aware of that Bay Ridge communities uh, are most concerned about, and Councilmember Brandon about Coney Island. So, Councilmember Kagan, let's start with you. One minute, just directly about issues uh, Bay Ridge voters uh, are most concerned about that you're aware of. Go ahead. Thank you so much, Ben. I would say uh, issues of Southern Brooklyn are very similar, especially uh, when it comes to public safety and quality of life. To begin with, I will definitely host, I will start with hosting town halls, listening to constituents in both Bay Ridge and uh, Best Beach. Many, I, I'm knocking doors and very often I hear that some constituents have no slightest idea who their council member is. And I, I again, I, I hosted town halls in every part of my district, asking constituents, listening to them. And I will start with hosting town halls in both Bay Ridge and Best Beach. Uh, so th- they will be able to finally express to their council member what issues are very close to them. I already mentioned public safety, and I'm very concerned about uh, luck. Uh, they don't have enough police officers in uh, every precinct in Southern Brooklyn, though my opponent constantly talking that he had so many police officers that it's no longer an issue. In fact, today New York City has 32,500 police officers. Under Bill de Blasio, it had 36,000 police officers. Under Giuliani, it was 40,000 police officers. And also, thank you. We, we're going to uh, leave that part. We're going to leave that part. Services. We're going to leave that part of the answer there. That was that was a minute. I want to be able to get mm-hmm. to some other stuff. So, Councilman Brennan, just one minute. Uh, speak to Coney Island uh, voters, please. Sure. I I really look forward to representing this newly drawn 47th district. I the people of Coney Island deserve a council person who can get things done. They deserve a council person who actually cares, who's insanely responsive 24 seven, 365. And look, I think Coney Island, unfortunately, has been stuck being okay with crumbs and it's not right. You need a council member who can deliver the full loaf of bread for the people of Coney Island, who know what it takes to get the streets cleaned up, to get more cops on the beat, to invest in gun violence prevention programs, to expand our youth education programs, our after school programs. Coney Island deserves a council member who's in the room. Ari Kagan decided to remove himself from the room, and therefore he's screwing the people of Coney Island because he he, he wants to stay in office but he's got no juice. He's got no power. He's not in the room where it happens. I am. And I want to deliver for Coney Island. And can in five more seconds, can you explain one specific thing that you want to deliver for Coney Island? I want to bring the ferry to Coney Island on the ocean side. One hundred percent. I need to get the garbage okay. picked up out there more than once. Thank once you. Councilmember Kagan, a quick response uh, to the criticism from Councilmember Brandon there. If he is in the room where all decisions are made, then he has to take responsibility for a horrible migrant crisis happening right now in New York City and $1.4 billion for migrant shelters that he allocated while chair of the Finance Committee. All cuts and uh, all cuts to public safety. And, uh, Ari, do you, do you is, take, does this, Ari take credit for the, the three this, times as much crime in Coney Island that, that constituents are scared about? This is... Um, uh, I'm going to mo- I'm going to move on. Actually, this is where I was going next, which was the migrant crisis and the challenges to the city's uh, financial health, which are in part not fully due to expenses on uh, the the mostly shelter services for asylum seeking migrants. So I want to ask each of you, what are your solutions to this challenge? What is your solution to the fiscal strains this, this the city is facing again? The city's budget has grown immensely in recent years, up to around $110 billion in the annual operating budget. In part, that's due to federal COVID relief that is now drying up, but also tax receipts remain very strong, but for a brief COVID dip. Uh, On the other hand, the city is spending billions on the migrant crisis, 
the city expenses have gone up and up on programs and personnel, including new labor contracts, um, which I think both of you uh, know are necessary for the city to settle, but those increase expenses. So there's a lot to the equation here. But the question is, uh, and we'll start with you, Councilmember Brandon, this time, how, especially as chair of the Finance Committee, how do you help? Uh, how do you plan to help ensure city government can weather the current fiscal challenges it faces, including based on those costs of the migrant services, which very clearly there's not enough federal money coming to help. The state has uh, upped some of its aid, but there are real challenges paying for those services. But that's part of a bigger picture here. So, Councilmember Brandon, two minutes on how your solutions for addressing the city's fiscal challenges, including the expenses related to shelter, especially for the asylum seekers who have arrived and continue to arrive. Go ahead. Sure. Thank you, Ben. So first of all, endlessly warehousing people is not the answer. We have to double down and and focus all of our collective efforts on expanding TPS, which is temporary protective status, expanding TPS eligibility and allowing newcomers to work so they can become self-sufficient and they can contribute to our economy by by paying taxes, endlessly opening more Uh, migrant shelters is not the answer. I've been saying for a year and a half now, our compassion is endless, but our resources are not. Managing and financing an international migrant crisis is the responsibility of the federal government, not New York City taxpayers. Um, And that is why uh, we are now in the spot that we're in, where we have to navigate uh, the, the mayor's proposed pegs. However, We're in a place right now where we have record reserves in the city. Uh, We're obviously ever hopeful and we're not just hoping on hope. We're actually working very closely with our partners in the federal government and in Albany to get added funding from from Washington and the state. Um, And we're doing an oversight hearing next week or the week after to really dig into how much the city has spent and and, um, what the projections are. We spent about two billion dollars so far. Um, A lot of the projections you're hearing out there are the numbers are wide. But we haven't actually spent that money. Um, but the fact is that the, the city of New York cannot be expected to manage and finance a migrant crisis on our own. So and, and I'll be damned if we're going to cut anything from our city budget that New York City taxpayers rely on um, because Joe Biden and the federal government are not doing their job. And, and you've got House Republicans who would, who would rather watch the, the country burn to the ground than do anything about immigration reform. And you've got a, a speaker. You didn't have a speaker right now in the house. So you have a lot of dysfunction. And this is a place where my colleague has the easiest job in the world, because all he's got to do is point fingers and say, this is a problem. I actually am in the room. I have to sit down with the mayor and the speaker and figure this out to make sure that New York City taxpayers get a return on their investment. Thank you. Uh, Councilmember Kagan, the broader uh, fiscal picture for the city and how to solve some of these challenges, including uh, the expenses on asylum seeker services. Go ahead. Thank you. My opponent was in the room when he decided to allocate billions of dollars for migrant shelters all over the city. My opponent was in the room when he decided that the best way to proceed with migrant crisis is to invite even more migrants. Yes, Joe Borelli also voted for that. Councilmember Brandon, please. Please. Excuse me? Councilmember Kagan, go ahead. Yes. He he said he, he supported the budget. He's the chair of the finance committee. He voted for $1.4 billion in the current budget for migrant services. I believe we need to be honest with ourselves and with New Yorkers and to say what are the real roots of the problem. To begin with, we need to call every day and to call it publicly, call out publicly that our borders, the southern border, should be secured should be secured. We need to restore legal immigration process. I came to America with a refugee status. I went through extensive background checks. Uh, they checked not just my background, but also they asked me to give a blood test to check whether I have infectious diseases. That's number one. Number two, we should stop incentivizing these migrant shelters and to bring even more migrants illegally to New York City. That's why we sh- instead of voting for more and more billions of dollars from New York City taxpayers for migrant services, we need to radically reform right to shelter uh, rules that exist today. We need to suspend sanctuary city status. We need to uh, ask and constantly call uh, president 
to secure our southern border. And we need to make sure that uh, New York City uh, makes priority for its own New Yorkers. My opponent sponsored and voted for a legislation that gives right to vote for non-citizens who are in New York City for 30 days and who receive work authorization. So he wanted them to vote on municipal elections for him, Council for mayor, and so on. I am totally Council against this legislation. And I let me just ask you a quick follow-up. citizens should vote on municipal elections, not 30 days and work authorization. Councilmember Kagan, just a quick follow-up. Um, on allocating funds for shelter for asylum seekers, is it your contention there should just have been no shelters opened up and and there you know no funding for shelters and uh, asylum seekers arriving in the city should be left to sleep on the streets until they figure out somewhere to go i'm i'm looking for a little bit of clarity on what you what you oppose in terms of funding you, some of those shelter services thank you ben for this question Again, instead of opening new migrant shelters in Coney Island and Bay Ridge, and I personally hosted rallies both in Coney Island and in Bay Ridge against hosting migrants in school gym or an army base or wherever it is in southern Brooklyn, I'm totally against it, hosted rallies against it. Yes, I do believe we should not allocate additional billions of dollars for new migrant shelters in New York City. We need to make sure that they're not coming to New York City in the first place because we are asking them to come and to open more migrant shelters every day in every neighborhood in our New York City. Okay, we need thank to restore. You. Thank and you. can I, so can I, gonna, can yeah, I get 30 one, one seconds? Se- one, yeah, and ask one President second. and Congress to allocate money to create more opportunities for you. legal immigration. Thank you, Councilmember Kagan. Okay, Councilmember Brandon, uh, Councilmember Kagan hit on a few things there you haven't yeah. weighed in on, including right to shelter and migrant shelters in the, the areas we're talking about. Yeah, I want to, yeah, I got Go it. ahead, just, yeah, go ahead, just yeah. 30 seconds. I do want to move on to a few yeah, other yeah. things in our so time. So I made. think it's important. The thing that 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 Ari keeps going back to, um, the money that was in the budget for uh, the migrant crisis was voted on bipartisan, like Joe Borelli, Vicky Palladino, all the Republicans, Amy Vernikoff, all the Republicans in the city council, we all voted for that budget is bipartisan funding for migrants. Um, I don't think we should expand migrant shelters, but if we did didn't have the migrant shelters we have now, we would just have migrants living on the street, which I don't support, but I guess that's Ari thinks that's a better solution. Sanctuary City is important to note. A lot of people talk about Sanctuary City it becomes sort of the, you know, the, the thing that everyone points to here. Every mayor, including Ari's friend Rudy Giuliani, supported Sanctuary City status. That is not the problem. Right to shelter, I agree with the mayor in that right to shelter was not meant, not designed to handle uh, the moment that we're in right now. Um, and it's it's unsustainable. And as someone who actually has to work to balance the budget and can't just vote no and play games like Ari, I have to take but this stuff seriously. It, and it, when it, my, when my colleague then last thing, when my colleague that has rallies with Curtis Sliwa uh, riling people up that about migrant shelters that are not happening and in ex- that just don't exist, imaginary, um, it's not helpful, but it shows what kind of person Ari is. He's a demagogue who will say anything. Very, to very keep briefly, the job. if you're if you're against expanding the, the current shelter and you're against uh, right to shelter applying to migrants, are you in favor? of at least opening up some more of these sort of broader, um, uh, you know, not individualized uh, hotel rooms and so forth, but broader relief centers that are more congregate settings. I mean, people are arriving. So understood, understood. But they're arriving also because they know they we're giving them a place to stay. So we can't have migrants living on the street. We have to be humane and compassionate like we are as New Yorkers. But continue, instead of focusing all of our efforts and energy on finding new places to set up shelters, we should be focusing all our efforts and energy in expanding TPS to more countries and, and getting people to work so they can be self-sufficient and they can contribute to our economy as taxpayers. Right, all right. now, all of our focus we, is on warehousing people. We are we are Councilmember Kagan. I got to give you thirty seconds if you want to respond to anything Councilmember Brandon yes. said. He noted My Sanctuary City. Hold on one second, please. Hold on one second. Hold on one second, please. Councilmember Kagan. Hold on one second, please. Councilmember Kagan. Hold on one second. I wanted to note Councilmember Brandon made the point about Sanctuary City going back a long time is mostly about how uh, local authorities interact with federal immigration authorities. Um, Go ahead now with your response. Thank you. So my question to Justin, do you support opening new migrant shelters in Bay Ridge? Yes or no? 
I've said no ten brand. times, Ari. <laughs> what did you say? He said he's, he has said no ten times. Answer is no. Since, since my rally was uh, timely since, and correct. Since uh, you both so brought this up. Opening migrant shelters in Bay Ridge or anywhere you, else in Southern Brooklyn. Sorry, sorry, you, sorry, you gentlemen, 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 hold on, gentlemen, Just gentlemen, right, hold sorry, on. We're running low on time. Gentlemen, hold on. We're, we're, about we're running low on time. Councilmember Kagan, yes. hold on, please. We're running low on time. I have a few other things I, I really want to ask you that I think voters will care about in a quick uh, set of short answers. And I want to give you time for, okay, for closing statements. But very briefly, very briefly, briefly, I want to ask you both. Yes. Is it not so talking about sanctuary city? Councilmember right Kagan, Councilmember Kagan, hold on, please. Again, Councilmember Kagan, was arrested I'm sorry. Councilmember Kagan, I'm sorry. I had to I had to mute for a second. I'm trying to ask a, a, a question here. Uh, the question, the final question on migrants that I want to ask both of you is you're both opposed to expanding migrant shelters and opposed to shelters coming to, uh, this district that you're both looking to represent in areas you currently represent. Is it not fair that with the amount of shelters opening up, uh, that have opened up, is it not fair for these areas of the city to at least chip in in some way to offer, one or two migrant shelters to be part of the solution and helping the mayoral administration in the city manage this crisis of over 100,000 people arriving, roughly half of whom are in city shelter care. You're both opposed to this, but but is there not some aspect of, of fairness at play here that every sort of community should do something to chip into a crisis the, uh, the city is facing? Councilmember Kagan, Let's start with you very briefly on that question and then come to Thank Council Member Brennan. Yes, go Again, ahead. If, if borders would be secured, Southern border will... But, South I, but I'm talking about the reality of the current situation. If we will uh, suspend our sanctuary city status, if we will suspend our right to shelter laws, then there will be no need for more migrant shelters in New York City. Okay, but the reality of the current situation is that there is, uh, and I hear you both on some of the solutions you'd like to see, but, you know, again, facts on the ground are that more people are arriving and the city is strained. Councilmember Brandon, very briefly, we don't need should, to should, the, in, to, to should every community in the city not, come to New York city not chip in in some way here? I mean, I think I think we're doing our part in that we're doing the, the, the nonprofits that are on the ground that are offering support. Uh, we're doing our part. It's just that we don't have any space for a shelter here. And it's not something that I support for the reasons I, I've I've laid out. Um, but if you okay. also like you said, Ben, you need to be realistic. I think Ari is just in complete denial about the situation. All right. Let's 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 move into some things I'm going to do. I'm going to go through. I'm going to go through some very quick, uh, basically yes or no or short answer questions, and I'll give you each uh, time for a closing statement. And thank you for this lively discussion. I think it's uh, helping voters get a sense of at least how you're both thinking about some of these some of these major challenges. All right. So very quickly here, this is very short answers. Uh, go through uh, a number of quick things here, and then and then a closing statement from each of you. Um, very briefly, what is one piece of legislation that you would hope to get passed either by the end of this year or next year? Councilmember Brannon, one piece of legislation you hope to get passed. I, I want to really finally get property tax reform done once and for all with all. Councilmember, thank you. Councilmember Kagan. NYCHA Accountability Act, very important to make property managers accountable so they would react to tenants' complaints and will not ignore them Yet, uh, saying it's not their problem. Yes or no, would you like to see a casino come to Coney Island as has been proposed by one group in the ongoing bidding uh, or proposal process that's underway? There will be several casino licenses awarded in the New York City area in the next year or two. Would you like to see one of those awarded to come to Coney Island? Councilmember Kagan. I'm strongly in a, I'm strongly opposed to building a casino in That's Cornell. A no. Okay, Councilmember Brandon. This is consistent. This is, all this is these are yeah, these are yes or no's. These are yes or no's. Councilmember Brandon. No. Um congestion pricing is moving ahead. We're not going to get into a whole discussion about that. What is one public transit improvement that you want to fight for for the residents of this new 47th district that you're hoping to represent? What is one public transit improvement that you will be fighting for for your uh, hopeful constituents in the future? Councilmember Kagan. Thank you. I'm using public transportation every day. 
Councilman Kagan, these are very short answers. I'm sorry, these are short yes, answers. Uh, running low I, on time. I believe that we need the F train to start going express from Coney Island all the way to Manhattan. Thank you. Perfect. Councilmember Brandon, one public transit improvement you'll be fighting for as congestion pricing is implemented. Bringing the ferry to Coney Island. Ferry to Coney Island. All right. Yes or no. Congestion pricing. Yes or no. Do you believe in pursuing or at least piloting a residential parking permit program? Councilmember Brandon. For Coney Island during the summer? Yes. Councilmember Kagan. I believe residential parking in Coney Island is a is a yes. People okay. asked me many, many times for it. Thank you. Great. Um, the uh, question is, yes or no, do you want to see more dedicated, protected bus lanes in this district? Yes or no, Councilmember Kagan? No, not more. Uh, what no. we have right now is enough, uh, but Thank it you. should work right now. Councilmember Council Brannon, more protected, dedicated bus lanes. Yes, I'm a big bus yes. lane guy. More or in in the I think in the cases of this of this district, you're hoping to represent any uh, protected bike lanes in this district. Yes or no. Protected bike lanes. Councilmember Kagan. Answer is no. Right no. now, Neptune Avenue. Ca- have a Councilmember Brannon. Yes or no to protected on, bike very lanes. Very rarely on Neptune Avenue. If we're going to if we're going to have bike, if we're going to have bike lanes, I'd rather them be protected than just the paint in the street. OK, Um Last couple of things. Yes or no, a federal receivership for the Rikers Island jails. Councilmember Kagan, yes or no, federal receivership for the Rikers Island jails. Absolutely not. The guy from Oklahoma doesn't know what's going on. Councilmember Brandon, yes or no, federal receiver for the Rikers Island jails. Yes. I'm against it completely. Yes. The person from Oklahoma. Last couple of things. Councilmember Kagan, please, please. These are very brief. We, We had lots of time for open discussion. Uh, last couple, and then we're moving to closing statements. As of today, yes or no, does Mayor Adams deserve another four years in office? Councilmember Brannon. He's been respond. His agencies have been responsive yes, to me. Yes, yes or no? Sure. Yes. Councilmember Kagan. I believe there's a lot of room for improvement, especially when it comes to okay. migrant crisis. Okay. If the 2024 presidential election is between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, who will you support? Councilmember Kagan. Councilmember Kagan. Early to say to talk about presidential campaign to say. right now. Councilmember Brandon. Like, let's wait till Republican primaries will play out. No, that, that's Councilmember Brandon. Briefly, please. Not, We're lo- running not, low on time it's, here. It's never Joe too Biden early. Or Donald Trump. It's never too early for me to say I will never vote for Donald Trump. I will be with Joe Biden. Last two and then closing statements. Uh, what what grade A to F would you give Brooklyn's Chuck Schumer on his performance as U.S. Senate Majority Leader. Councilmember Kagan, what grade do you give Brooklyn's Chuck Schumer on his performance as Senate Majority Leader? C. Councilmember Brannon. A. And lastly, if Democrats take the House, Brooklyn's Hakeem Jeffries will be Speaker of the House very likely come January of 2025. Is that something you want to see happen, Councilmember Kagan? I'm a registered Republican. I strongly support Republican elected officials, but I work with both Democrats and Republicans Thank you. to make things done for my district. Councilmember Brandon, Brooklyn's Hakeem Jeffries, a lot of power in Brooklyn, uh, is in line to potentially be Speaker of the House. Is that something you want to see happen in January 2025? Absolutely. And I'm proud to have his strong endorsement in my reelection. All right. Last uh, minute each. One minute closing statements. Uh, as I said at the beginning, uh, Councilmember Brannon got the first word, so Councilmember Kagan will get the last word. So that means Councilmember Brannon, a one-minute closing statement. I'm going to keep this tight so we're on time here. Councilmember Brannon, one minute. Go ahead. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for uh, hosting us today. Um, Look, I I think my record speaks for itself. Uh, And if you can tell that my record speaks for itself because my opponent, all he can do is say that I'm no good and that I am the worst. He has no ideas of his own. I've brought back a record amount of funding to my district. Uh, Everyone knows I'm super responsive. I'm going to do the same thing for Coney Island because it's what they deserve. Coney Island is tired of fighting over crumbs and it's my turn to bring them back. Back the full loaf of bread. And that's what I'm going to do when I'm reelected in this newly drawn 47th district to fight for the people who, even though we live far away from City Hall, we work really damn hard and we deserve respect, attention and resources. Thank you. Councilmember Kagan, one minute closing statement. 
Thank you. I'm very grateful to Brooklynites who gave me opportunity to be New York City Councilman representing beautiful communities of Southern Brooklyn. In a very short period of time, I was able to bring millions of dollars for uh, uh, public safety and security in Southern Brooklyn, for Marlboro Community Center, schools after school programs, youth programs like Coney Island Sharks. And my office resolved thousands and thousands of constituent cases. And even more important, I believe that our city right now is in crisis, migrant crisis, public safety crisis, quality of life crisis. And I believe that I am the right person for the job. And I strongly support the policies that are not detrimental to New York City. I listen to constituents. I believe that we need to do everything possible that to stop, to, to make sure that this crisis are no longer in the same uh, shape. And if you like status quo, please vote for my opponent. But if you need a change in South and Brooklyn, please vote for me on November 7. Thank you for Thank this you. great opportunity and honor. Thank you. This has been a lively discussion. I think voters uh, have heard that neither of you is is shy. So that's uh, something if they're looking for a council member who's not going to be shy in a debate, they've heard that from both of you. But I uh, appreciate the time here. This has been a debate between New York City Council members Ari Kagan and Justin Brannon, who are vying to represent the new 47th City Council District in Brooklyn. That includes Coney Island, Bay Ridge, Bath Beach, and a couple little portions of other neighborhoods. That election is happening uh, starting in late October and uh, through November 7th, Election Day. So be ready to vote if you live in this district or any other where there are races on the ballot. Uh, check out that information and be ready to vote. Council members Brandon and Kagan, thank you for the time and be well. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. And thank you, listeners, for listening. Hope this has been informative. If you are a voter in the new 47 City Council District, you can look up the borders of that district and whether your address is in there on the poll site locator, and you can see a sample ballot, as I mentioned in the introduction. And please, uh, New Yorkers, be ready to vote uh, this November. Mm -hmm.